Hello, my friends. You're listening to Repent and Believe podcast with Cynthia Smalls of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here we talk and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fast and God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I'd like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. And this is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How's everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You, my friend, are to never give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, folks, here we go again. It is all about turning from sin. Do you not know that God will judge the wicked? We cannot, as professing followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, remain in sin. Seeing how Christ Jesus died, he suffered on the cross for our sins, and then they buried him. And on the third day, God, by the power and working of the Holy Spirit, raised Jesus from the dead. As followers, as blood bought, new covenant believers in Christ, we have been set free from the power of sin. And so therefore, those who are walking in darkness, who are lost, who have not come to Christ, you must repent, turn from your evil, wicked, vile ways and come to God. So, what I want to talk about today, judgment. Yeah, because you see, teachings and preachings on the full counsel of God must be done. We can we can talk about we can talk about and and give God all the praise for his mercy. For his goodness, he is just and faithful. He he is all about righteousness. You got to understand though, his justice demands payment for sin. You cannot die in your sins and still think because you are a good person you get to go to heaven. So, 
If you don't already know, if you are new to the podcast, this lane that Christ Jesus has given me is all about a teaching ministry that if you don't repent, you will perish. And God's love is highlighted also in his judgment. God has made a way. Our our creator has made a way for all of us to be made right with him. And he did this through his son, Christ Jesus. Jesus on purpose willingly came from heaven, laid down his life as a sinless and perfect sacrifice. He became a sin offering. Mankind has racked up and stacked up a huge sin debt that we on our own could not pay. We there listen, there was nothing we could have done to to have made ourselves justified in the presence of holy God. So absolutely we needed a savior. So before we get started, we're going to pray. Okay? Because I want to give us some some verses. Scriptures, okay? Because we we must go to the word. Okay, because I could be up here on this podcast until I'm blue in the face, screaming and yelling and begging and pleading how you must turn from your sins and turn to God, right? I can do that all day. It's something about going to the truth of God's word, putting our eyeballs on the words that Jesus has spoken, that if you don't repent, you will perish. So that's what I want to talk about today. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, hallowed be thy holy and righteous name. You tell us in your word that you is love. The Bible says God is love. The Bible also tells us that you will judge the wicked. That how you have set a day in which you will judge the inhabited world in righteousness by a man whom you have destined for this task. The credible proof about who this person is, is that you raised him from the dead. Christ Jesus, on judgment day, will sit on his throne, judging each and every person according to how it says over here in Jeremiah 17, 9 through 10. I, the Lord, in verse 10. I, the Lord, search the heart, I try the reins, 
even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Amen. So, Father, all of us, saint and sinner, we will stand before Jesus to give an account for the life we have lived. Glory be to your name that true born-again followers of Jesus, when we stand before him, it will be at the Bema seat to receive our rewards for faithful service unto the Lord and and to and to give an account for all what he has given us to do what did we do as believers with this born again life so as we will see father from today's lesson if we have faith if we believe in the lord jesus christ and what he has done for us then our lives should be reflected of the fact that we have been salvaged. We we have been given this awesome opportunity to have eternal life. So with that wonderful gift, what did we do with it? Did we take it for granted? Or did we go out into this world and preach the good news? What did we do with our lives? So, Father, I pray for wisdom today to teach on this lesson. I ask for discernment. I ask for more grace, Father. I ask for strength and tenacity to be able to endure everything that comes in my life. And that all that I do, and I pray this on behalf of my brothers and sisters in Christ, that all that we do be to the glory of the one who has saved us from certain damnation. Bless your holy name, Father. We give you thanks. Through our Lord Christ Jesus, we give you thanks. We give you all of our adoration. You are worthy to be praised. Absolutely no question. You are worthy of all of our praise. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. So let's just crack open the Bible. Come on. Let's just crack it open because I want to give us some, some Bible verses about how God judges the wicked. Okay? Because right off the rip, 2 Peter 2.9. If this is so... Then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials and hold the unrighteous for punishment on the day of judgment. Amen. There we have it. Listen, 
Proverbs 16:4. The Lord has made everything for its own purpose, even the wicked for the day of evil. Amen. Psalms 145, verse 20. The Lord keeps all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. Amen. Folks, if you have not come to Christ, you are in spiritual danger. Your soul will face eternity. I just gotta I gotta give it to you straight because I'm not even going to try to sugar sugarcoat this. If Jesus snatches you out of your bodysuit and you have not repented and you have not come to him, you will be thrown into the lake of fire. That's it. I I, I was trying to pretty it up a little bit, but that's just what it is. Okay. In Christ, I'm not built to water down this message because I understand the urgency of what is at stake that time is running out and people are just like Jesus said they are going about their daily lives they are buying and selling they are marrying giving into marriage People are doing them, living their best lives ever, being oblivious to the fact that God has set a day. And so, if it be the Lord's will that he appoints messengers like me, because there are many of us out here, okay, telling you the absolute truth. Listen, I don't have anything to gain in terms of financial blessings and wealth because you pay me some money to preach this to you. Absolutely not. As your fellow man and even as your sister in Christ, we must put away all sin. The Bible is crystal clear. The unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Wake yourselves up. The Bible tells us do not be deceived. So then we have Psalms 9.5. You have rebuked the nations. You have destroyed the wicked. You have blotted out their name forever and ever. Don't let wicked men and women tell you how God hates sin, but he loves the sinner. No, he does not. God does not love anyone who rejected his awesome plan of salvation through his son. No, he does not. Because if that's the case, if God so much loved the wicked, then why did Jesus have, have to come and lay down his life for sinners? 
if God loves sinners anyway. No, in his love, though, John 3, 16, in his love, it was demonstrated just how much love God is that he sent his son, his only begotten son, one and only, to die a painful, horrific, shameful, mutilating death on our behalf. Why go through all of that hurt and pain if we all get to go to heaven anyway? Folks, yeah, we all need to wake up. Listen, Ezekiel 3.18. When I say to the wicked, you will surely die and you do not warn him or speak out to warn the wicked from his wicked way that he may live that the wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. Amen. Listen, we carry a burden. Those of us who know for absolute certainty, with absolute certainty, that God will judge the wicked and we say nothing to the people, we don't tell them that how he ain't playing with that lake of fire and we see them in willful sin and we know the consequences of sin and yet we say nothing. Well, guess what? Their blood will be on our hands. Okay, so we are called to cry aloud and spare not. We... <clears throat> I'm sorry, my throat. Listen, I'm, I've been preaching all day to the glory of God out here in the highways and the byways and these hedges, okay? But whenever I'm prompted to jump up on a podcast, then so be it. Listen, my life is not my own, okay? I am at the behest of the Holy Spirit that at any moment bring a word to the people. So, here I am. So if I start cracking, please, please understand. Okay. What I've been through today <laughs> to the glory of God. But listen, okay, back to the matter at hand. If we don't herald this warning, how judgment day is coming, because folks, listen, this is not a one-sided, a one-sided counsel of holy God. Judgment and repentance is wrapped up in love. You got to understand. Repentance is the love language of heaven. And how do we know that? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Because the Bible tells us that the angels rejoice over one sinner who repents. Okay? So we know there's a huge celebration going on in heaven around repentance. So, call it what you want. Call it hell's fire brimstone message. Call it what you want. Okay? Psalms 37, 28. For the Lord loves justice. He loves justice and does not forsake 
his godly ones. They are preserved forever, but the descendants of the wicked will be cut off. Psalms 37, 38. But transgressors will be altogether destroyed. The posterity of the wicked will be cut off. Cut off. What else I got for you? Malachi, oh goodness, Malachi 4.3. You will tread down the wicked for they will be ashes under the soles of your feet. On the day which I am preparing, says the Lord of hosts. Job 36.6 He does not keep the wicked alive, but gives justice to the afflicted. Amen. Folks, listen. The Bible talks about how Jesus will set on fire the wicked. That's it. You must be warned. You must be warned of the impending day of judgment. You must not take this lightly. You must not scoff at it. You must not mock it. You must not think, well, that really don't apply to me because, you know, I'm such a good person. Or you believe you are being saved, but you are still in blatant, deliberate, knowing sin. No, you too ain't going to make it. What Jesus are you serving? Because Jesus of Nazareth, he told the people of Galilee, like he's telling us, repent. Or you too, okay? You too will all likewise perish. Folks, we all can still get it if we don't remain in Christ Jesus. And for the and for the unrepentant, you are in eternal danger right now. But for the grace of God, he is being patient with you. He, he's being patient with all of us. He is giving you time to come to your senses as you ought and stop sinning. Repent and believe for the kingdom of God is at hand. You got to understand the Lord Jesus Christ is on his way back. This is not hyperbole. This is not, well, you know, Jesus has been talking about he's coming for millennia. Yeah, and to your benefit that he is tarrying so that you can repent. Today is the day of your salvation. And if you harden your heart, you might not make it in the next second. You got to understand. Every single person born of a woman will die one day. But for the fact that we don't know what what day that is, that should all the more tell us we need to run to Jesus immediately to to have our sins forgiven, to to be washed clean in his shed blood. 
Time is of the essence. You must do this right now. Cry out to the Lord. Save me. You right, Lord. I am a filthy, wretched sinner and I need to be saved. Cry out to the Lord because there is no formula, no a set prayer in order for you to be saved. Cry out from a sincere, sorrowful heart. Cry out to the Lord. Talk to him. Speak to him. Tell him how how wonderful he is that he had this awesome plan from the foundation of the world. How we can be reconciled back to him through his son, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so, let me give you a few more. Matthew 7, 23. Jesus said, and then I will declare to them. I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Luke 13, 27. Jesus said, and he will say, I tell you, I do not know where you are from. Depart from me, all you evil doers. Amen. Matthew 13, 41. The son of man will send forth his angels and they will gather out of his kingdom all stumbling blocks and those who commit lawlessness. Amen. Listen to what the Lord Jesus is saying to us. He just finished saying the son of man okay, will send forth his angels and they will gather out of his kingdom all stumbling blocks. And those who commit lawlessness. Amen. Folks. I am. <clears throat> I am so passionate. By the grace of God. About warning Warning of the impending day of judgment. It's, it's, it's so not even funny. Because if you would have caught me some years ago, I would have been like, oh, well, you know what? Every man for himself. No. Every man is not for himself. If we carry this message, this hope, this Wonderful good news. How how can you keep it to yourselves? You cannot. I'm telling you. You simply cannot. That is why. <clears throat> that is why we. From the rooftops. Tell people. They must turn. <clears throat> excuse me. From their sins. You want to know why? Final judgment. Final judgment awaits all unrepentant sinners. Okay. Hold on. Let me, let me drink some water. I want to give you some, some more verses. This time about the last judgment. Okay. Final judgment. It's called final for a reason. 
After this, there's no more grace. After this, there's no more repenting. After this, this is it. Okay? After the final judgment is all about the lake of fire for those who are not in Christ. Hebrews 9.27 and in, and in as much as it is appointed for men to die once and after this comes judgment. Romans 14.10-12 but you, why do you judge your brother? Or you again, why do you regard your brother with contempt? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall give praise to God. So then, each one of us will give an account of himself to God. Amen. See? Clarity. If you, if you weren't sure about this whole judgment day business, quote unquote business, there we have it. Right there out on Front Street. 2 Corinthians 5.10 For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body according to what he has done whether good or bad see no one is immune to this judgment day and no there will be no just dying and then that will be the end of you aka to say that there is no a judgment folks you are going to be shell shocked into reality that oh wait a minute they were right i'm standing before jesus in judgment that's why many of us are with everything within us, by the grace of the living God, we are proclaiming, heralding the fact that you got to get yourself in order. You, you have to make sure you, you are good with the Father. Okay? You have to make sure that your sins have been forgiven. Because the main question on the floor is, do you know where you will spend all of eternity? Okay. Forget about every false doctrine you have ever heard about purgatory, about soul sleep, about, well, once you die, then that's it. Poof. You are somehow gone and, and never to be heard from again. Folks, I'm telling you, you better wake yourselves up. Okay. All of us can still get it if we don't remain faithful. Jesus told us talking about right before he returns that the man or woman okay because in the bible where it says man is 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 referring to mankind 
Okay. Jesus said, the man who endures until the end, that one shall be saved. Amen. So just like Paul said, right, that he too must put his body under, keep that flesh in check after having done all of this preaching and teaching that he himself might be a castaway, a.k.a. that Paul can get the business too. So this is a tight race. And no, you don't have a whole lot of time. And yes, we all must put away the sin and get the mindset that we have been set free from the controlling grip of sin. Sin is not your master. So we have 1 Peter 4, 5. That tells us, but they will give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. I keep telling y'all, I keep telling you, judgment day is coming. You must turn from sin. Listen, if I can get down on bended knee, okay, symbolically, I am on bended knee. I am I am begging you. I am imploring you. Listen, I am beseeching you. Repent. Turn from your wicked, evil ways. Stop sinning and come to Christ. You got to understand. Now judgment is upon this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. John 12, 31. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come forth and take out the wicked from among the righteous. Matthew 13, 49. I can't express this enough you gotta wake up where's my bell I'm gonna, I'm gonna wake you up wake yourselves up Jesus is not playing when he came to this world the first time he came as a babe in a manger and the mission was to save his people from their sins. Well, he did that. On the cross, he said, it is finished. When he returns again, he's coming back as king of kings and lord of lords. He is coming back as the lion of the tribe of Judah. Listen. Where is it at? Here we go. 2 Thessalonians 1, 8 through 9. Because the tail end of verse 7 was saying that how when Jesus returns, he's coming with his angels. Then verse 8 opens up with this statement. In flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 9, who shall be punished with 
everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Amen. Are you not understanding this? Okay. Jesus ain't coming back to play with you. Okay. He ain't coming back as some Christmas baby, which is idolatry and paganism in its highest form, if you ask me. Okay. He ain't coming back here to to beg and plead you to repent. Absolutely not. Okay. When you obey not the gospel, what you do is that you reject all what Christ has done for, for you on your behalf. Do you not know he took your punishment? Hmm? Do you not realize that that we were filthy, wretched sinners deserving every bit of this lake of fire. But God, in his mercy, sent us a savior. Not, not only just to, you know, die this peaceful, humble death. Oh, no, no, no. This, this was tragic. It was horrifying. Isaiah speaks about how when the people saw Jesus hanging on the cross, they were appalled. They were horrified. They couldn't understand what they were looking at. This cannot be a man. It don't look like a man. You want to know why? Because if you believe all of those false idolatrous paintings and statues coming out of the Roman pagan church that how their Jesus, because the real Jesus looked nothing like what they portray him hanging on the cross, you know, looking malnourished and crestfallen, you know, with the, with the little trickle of blood coming down from the, the, the crown of thorns and that, that little slit on his side wrapped around some lion's cloth piece of, of material. That is not what Jesus looked like at all. First of all, they stripped him naked. Okay, they 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 plucked his beard out of his face. He was betrayed. He was spat on. He had a crown of thorns pierced into his skull, folks. It wasn't just some, you know, bird's nest of a of of a reef just hanging on, you know, propped on top of his head. No, we're talking about thorns piercing all the way down to the skull. Isaiah said that the people were horrified and that how no man since has have have ever looked so mutilated. He went on to say that Jesus body and his face looked unrecognizable as a human being paying the price for your sin. He he endured the suffering on the cross on your behalf on our pitiful souls. While we were yet sinners, Christ died anyway. Anyway, he endured the mocking and the and the scorning 
of the cross and laid down his life anyway. And the acid test, thank you, Holy Spirit, of his love for mankind. Okay? Because, yeah, this is the full counsel of God. I'm talking about his love and his wrath. Love was hanging up there on the cross. Even as he was dying, his blood being poured out for you, he cried out to God, to our Heavenly Father, forgive them of their sins. They know not what they do. And yet... We got a nerve over here in the 21st century fixing our face, talking about, well, you know, it's impossible to stop sinning. Everybody got something going on for you, um, um, going on about themselves. If you don't wake up and stop sinning, because those who understand the magnitude of the situation... In light of how Jesus died for us. Because see, you got to put that into your thinking as well. Where is your compassion? Because when Jesus walked on this earth, oh, he was, he was fully man. Okay. God gave him a body in order that he can die. Because God is eternal. Jesus is God. He is eternal. So the Lord prepared a body for him. That's why the Bible says that the word became flesh. Jesus was every bit of a man. Because God in all of his deity cannot die. So Jesus had to the glory of God Become human in order for his sinless, precious blood to be poured out. So that through his shed blood, through repentance, we can find salvation and forgiveness of our sins. Amen. Glory be to God. So listen, as I'm about to wrap this up, right? I want to share something with you about final judgment, right? Eternal life versus wrath and fury. Okay. Because where we at? Okay. I'm going to, I want to give you this. Listen, listen to Romans one, right? 28 all the way, all the way through to chapter 2 verse 11 right because if you want to put a subtopic on today's excitation it's all about heaven and hell folks that's it in a nutshell it's all about heaven and hell listen and just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer well, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do, to do things which are not proper. Being filled, being filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit. Malice, they are gossips, slanderers, 
haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to their parents, without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful, and although they know the ordinance of God, that those who practice such things are worthy of death. They not only do the same, but also give hearty approval to those who practice them. Chapter 2 opens up. Therefore, you have no excuse. Child of God, we have no excuse. And Paul was saying, listen, therefore, you have no excuse. Every one of you who passes judgment for in that which you judge another, you condemn yourself. You condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things. And we know that the judgment of God rightly falls upon those who practice such things. Verse 3 of Romans 2. But you do suppose this, O man, when you pass judgment on those who practice such things and do the same yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you think lightly? Come on now, preach it, Paul. Or do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness? Folks, Paul is like, listen, stop playing with God, okay? Stop taking his kindness for granted, okay? So he says, or do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness and tolerance and patience, not knowing that the kindness of God leads you to repentance, but because of your stubbornness and unrepented heart, you are storing up wrath for yourselves in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Amen. Look, verse 6. Who will render? God will render to each person according to his deeds. To those who by perseverance in doing good seek for glory and honor and, and immortality, eternal life. But to those who are selfishly ambitious and do not obey the truth. But obey, but obey unrighteousness, wrath and indignation. There will be tribulation and distress for every soul of man who does evil of the Jew first and also of the Greek. But glory and honor and peace to everyone who does good to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For there is no partiality with God. Amen. So, the biblical truth that I want us to understand today and believe and live by is this. Here we go. A time is coming when every responsible person on the basis of his or her actions and attitudes will meet 
the final judgment of God, either as eternal life or as wrath and fury. I told you folks, it is all about heaven and hell. Okay, because all of us, every last single person will stand before the Lord Jesus Christ to give an account for your life, good and bad. All of us. So, with that being said, I am going to try by the will of the Lord to answer three questions about final judgment. Number one, who will be judged? Number two, on what basis will they be judged? Number three, what are the alternatives that they may experience? Okay. But some people would ask another question first. Namely, why talk about judgment? What good does it do? Doesn't it just make life dismal and cast a shadow across the bright field of God's love? Well, my answer is threefold. Okay, so why talk about judgment? Well, I already told you. In love, those of us who follow Christ Jesus, who who have been salvaged from eternal damnation, out of love, we warn the people and those who follow Christ that they need to tighten up too. Okay. When, when I preach and teach about, about judgment, it is because it is so prominent in scripture and I am accountable as in the grace and the lane and the gift that the Lord Jesus Christ gave me as a teacher and and an evangelist, okay? Because I don't parade around and screaming about how you know I'm, I'm I'm a Bible teacher, you know I'm um this world renowned evangelist, no. But the Lord Jesus did give to his body gifts, some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers. And when you, when you are born again, he reveals to you these gifts, these, these lanes that he has put you in. And so, coming from a teacher of the Word of God, by the grace, I'm sorry, by the grace of God, because I am completely humbled. I'm telling you, this is a miracle, what, what has happened in my life, right? So, being called as a teacher to unfold the whole counsel of God because this world only wants you to talk about the goodness and the love of God. We also got to give the other side that he is a just and holy God as well. So listen, Matthew ten fourteen to 15 says, And whoever does not receive you nor 
heed your words as you go out of that house or that city shake off the dust of your feet truly i say to you it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city amen folks listen again acts 17:31 god has fixed a day and so to answer your your question about why why only talk about judgment why only talk about repentance and hell's fire because god has set a day this is why we hone in and the lane that jesus the lord jesus gave me is this lane right here to herald judgment day is coming you must repent that's the lane he gave me okay so god has fixed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness through a man whom he has appointed having furnished proof to all men by raising him from the dead amen again it's appointed unto man once to die and then after that the judgment Hebrews 10:26-27. Now, I'm speaking to the church of Jesus Christ here. Listen, if we go on sinning willfully after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains <clears throat> remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain terrifying expectation of judgment and the fury of a fire which will consume the adversaries amen so we church the called out ones the ecclesia we better stop playing all these games okay so i don't see how any pastor could neglect this theme in scripture with a clear conscience I, I i'm floored okay and the second reason that i preach and teach on this judgment day is coming theme is that for some people the fear of judgment may be the only motivation to consider trusting christ as savior folks i'm telling you there are some people that lit- literally needs to be snatched up and let them know you going the wrong way okay because see that worked for me me being sitting up under that damnable prosperity gospel with with all of their word of faith rhetoric and all of that once saved always saved no there was no fear of the lord in my life and i'm calling myself quote unquote a christian okay so all those years from what 2002 all the way to 2019 really no i was serving a fake jesus that apparently was giving me the okay that yeah you know what I'm in sin and it probably would be best to stop sinning cuz if you stay in your sin Cynthia I can't bless you I can't bless you with financial wealth. So where was the incentive? No, it wasn't until I heard this theme preach to me. 
that if I don't stop sinning, I'm going to a burning hell. Okay, so I told you some people need to be snatched, literally. Okay, so now to be sure there are better reasons to come to God than to escape hell. But if fear is the only thing that will shake a person loose from his bondage to sin and cause him to consider Christ, then for love's sake, so be it. Okay, because there are better reasons for a child to obey his father than the fear of a spanking. But if that fear is the only thing that will keep him out of the street, then for love's sake, so be it. Okay, because I am not, I am not as hesitant as some to let people feel fear. Listen, I, I want you to be frightful. Okay, I want you to be terrified of God's coming judgment. You want to know why? Hebrews chapter 10, that last, well, it's not the last verse, but I say like around verse 30 and 31, it tells us it is a, a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of an angry God. So yeah, you better be terrified. Okay? Okay? Because what constantly ring in my ears is the words of Lord Jesus. He said in Luke 12, 4 through 5, Do not fear those who can kill the body and afterwards have no, and have no more that they can do, but I will warn you. You whom to fear. Jesus is telling us, don't fear man. Yeah, man can kill your body. Then after that, ain't nothing else left. Jesus is about to tell us whom we are to fear. He said, fear the one who after he has killed has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Amen. God from heaven is telling us we must fear him because he has been authorized to, to throw that unrepented soul into hell's fire. Amen. And the third reason, okay, that I preach and teach on judgment is that it reveals part of God's character and so helps us to love him for for who he is. So if if hearing about God's judgment makes it um, harder for us to love God, then probably the God we love is a figment of our imagination and and is not the true real God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Listen, all you got to do, right? Well, not all you got to do, but all you got to do, so to say, is read the Old Testament, okay? Because over there, oh boy, oh boy, God was not playing with Israel, okay? He, he That's why he constantly sent them off in exile, 
have these Gentile nations constantly robbed them, killed them, burnt down Jerusalem to the ground and the temple. Okay? Listen. I ain't, I, I, I ain't messing with that. Listen. There is something wrong with our faith if we cannot sing praises to God. Not only as our loving father, but also as the righteous judge of all the earth. Amen. So, getting back. Getting back to the original topic. Who will be judged? Well, for those three reasons that I just stated... I must consider it essential to preach from a text whose theme is the judgment of God. And that text that that um, I gave y'all up there in Romans 1, 28, all the way to chapter 2, verse 11. So, the first question. We should try to answer from that text concerning final judgment is who will be judged? Because Paul gives the answer in verses 5 and 6. He said, right, in chapter 2 of Romans, verse 5 and 6, according, now he is about to tell us who will be judged, okay? According to your hardness and your unrepented heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath and the righteous judgment of God who will render to each person according to his deeds. Amen. So the simple the, the simple answer is everybody will be judged. Everybody. All of us. Because listen, Paul bends over backwards to make this point because there was at least one group of people in his day, some of whom thought they would not be subject to judgment, namely Jews. Notice how Paul approaches the problem. In Romans 1 verses 20 and 21, he shows that the typical the typical Gentile of his day who did not glorify God was without excuse and subject to judgment as well. Because he said in verse 20 of Romans 1, since the creation of the world, God's invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood through what has been made so that they are without excuse. For even though they knew God, they did not glorify him as God or give him thanks. Amen. So, in other words, where there is sufficient knowledge available that God is worthy of honor and gratitude, and yet people don't give it, they are without excuse and destined for wrath. So then, later, in the 
latter part of chapter 1 of Romans, Paul describes the sorts of things that a person who does not acknowledge God falls into. Verses 28 to 32. Let's read it again. Just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them over to a depraved mind, a reprobate mind, folks, to do things which are not proper. And, folks, the reason why all of this is happening to them, the reason why God turned them over to a reprobate mind, that's it. Once God turns you over, that's it. They did this because they, although they knew God, they didn't find it worthy enough to honor him and and show him thanks. No, so, well, here we go. Just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do things which are not proper, being filled with All unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, malice, full of envy, strife, deceit. They are gossips. They are malicious. They are slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. Inventors of evil, disobedient to parents. Parents, they they are foolish. They are untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful, and although they know, these people knew the penalty, the consequences of God, that those who practice such things are worthy of death, and yet they did it anyway. Not only did they do it, but they gave a hearty approval to those who practiced them too. Listen, those were the sorts of sins that Paul saw as he looked around on the Gentile society and family and business life of his day. But there was a small enclave of people in that pagan society who looked on the Gentile world with disdain. And in passing judgment on the Gentiles, reinforced their own sense of security from judgment. Oh yeah? Well, according to the Apostle Paul, not only are the Gentiles without excuse and liable to judgment, so are the Jews. This is the the very point of chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. Paul says, talking to those who were looking down their noses on the, the pagan Gentiles, right? The Jews who thought just by birthright that, that they would automatically enter God's kingdom. Oh, really? Okay, well then, Paul was like, Therefore you, okay, are without excuse, O man, everyone who judges. For, for by judging another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge are practicing the very same things. 
listen, and for us to listen, we cannot be hypocrites. Okay, we can't be doing all of this holiness preaching and teaching and you are the very one still stuck in your quote unquote secret sin because it is not secret to God at all. Okay, that's why Jesus told us how to judge. Get that plank out of your own eye before you even think about going for your brother's speck in his eye. Amen. And so. Paul was saying, or do you suppose this old man, when you pass judgment upon those who practice such things and, and do the same yourself that, that you will what somehow escape the judgment of God? Absolutely not. So this is precisely what some of Israel, Israel supposed. Do you recall how John the Baptist preached at first to the unbelievers of uh, Israel. He said, you brood of vipers, of vipers, who, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Do not begin to say to yourselves, oh, we have Abraham for our father. For I say to you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Amen. Listen, there were many in Israel who had the misguided notion that belonging to the chosen people of God, being a Jew, was a free pass at the judgment day. Nope. I'm telling you, Jews and Gentiles, we can all get it. So, John the Baptist the Lord Jesus Christ and Paul struggled to get the point across that those who reject Christ Jesus and live in sin will be condemned at the day um, on the day of judgment whether Jews or Gentiles okay it was the Jewish towns of I pray I'm pronouncing this right. Chorazin, C-H-O-R-A-Z-I-N, and Bethsaida, to whom Jesus said, Woe to you, for if the miracles had occurred in, in Tyre and, and Sidon, which were Gentile cities, which occurred in you that would have repented in sackcloth and um, ashes, nevertheless, I say to you, it will be more tolerable, tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you. And that's Matthew 11, 21 to 22. Jesus turns the false notion on its head. Worse for the Jews in judgment not better because their privilege was greater. Yes. That is why if those who claim they are Jews Jews by by birth, since they believe that that they are greater in in everything because God has chose Israel. And they believe that they have like a one-way ticket to heaven. 
they are deceived. Jesus was like, nope, it will be worse for the Jews in judgment, not better. Why? Because their privilege was greater. God chose Israel among all of the nations to call his very own people. They will stand in greater judgment because of that privilege. They don't get a free pass? No. So, and, hold on. Let me come on. Let me let me get on down here. So, listen. The sum of the matter is given in Romans 3, 9. <clears throat> and, in, and in verse 22, right? Paul was saying how, what then? Are we Jews any better than they? Not at all. For we have already charged that both Jews and Greeks are all under sin. Amen. And if we come down to verse 22 of Romans 3, Paul was like, there is no distinction for all have sinned. And fall short of the glory of God. Amen. So the upshot of this for us. Is that every one of us. Who hasn't fled to Christ for mercy and forgiveness. Is under the wrath of God. And heading for hell's fire. Only to await the final judgment. I'm so, I'm so wanting to give you a revelation 20, but I, I, I got to keep this train moving. Okay. So it means that if we, here we go again. Yes. I'm telling you, if you don't repent, you will face eternal judgment. So question number two. So well, on what basis will the final judgment be based on? Huh? Well, that brings us to this question. So, what are the real issues of life? Okay, because see, Paul sums it up in Romans 2, 6. God will render to every man according to his deeds. Amen. And verses 9 and 10 are more precise about what sort of deeds. He says, there will be tribulation and distress for every soul of man who does evil. And then he says, but glory and honor and peace to everyone who does good. Amen. So the real issue of life is not one's race or job or a status or, or salary or their appearance, not even their religious form. The real issue is whether one does good or does evil. That's at the heart of the matter. But wait a minute. Is that the the way Christianity talks? What about the promise? Because see, some say this, right? What about the promise? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. What about grace and mercy and the justification of the ungodly? 
Well, didn't Paul say in Titus 3, 5, God saved us not on the basis of works done by us in righteousness, but he saved us according to his mercy through the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. What about that scripture, Cynthia? They also question. What about Ephesians 2 8? Because if you saying that we are saved by our deeds, we have we have tons of scriptures like Ephesians 2 8 that tell us it is by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, least anyone should boast. What about that? So how can it be, Cynthia, that that we are saved by grace through faith and not by deeds, and yet we will be judged according to our deeds in the final judgment? Hmm. Some people solve this apparent contradiction by saying that Romans 2 describes a judgment that God's people have no part in. Could you see, in the charismatic circles that I came out of, they browbeat us with the fact that God's wrath is not for the saints. Meaning that you cannot out God's grace. And that is where that false doctrine of eternal security and once saved, always saved comes into play. And that, um, and to proof text all of that, they will constantly go to what Jesus said, how no man can pluck us out of his hand. And so the Holy Spirit gave me an answer to that. Do you think that Jesus was talking about the the backbiting, backslidden, quote unquote, Christian? Do you think that he was he was saying to you who who rolls around in willful, deliberate, blatant sin? Do you think that Jesus was talking to the person who do not remain in him? who refuses to abide in him, constantly grieving the Holy Spirit, don't listen to anything he tells them to do. Just as rebellious as the day is long, do you think that Jesus was talking to about that one, that how no one can pluck him out of his hand? Absolutely not. So, they tell you that God's wrath is only for the unbelieving. Okay. I think that solution is contrary to Paul's intention and to the teaching of Jesus. Paul said God will render to everyone according to his deeds. Everyone, not just unbelievers, all of us, the church too. Yes. The church too. It is sunshine clear that Paul believes there is a lifestyle that excludes one from the kingdom of God and therefore Christians do not have it. For example, in Galatians five nineteen to 21, he warns 
followers of Jesus against the deeds of the flesh. Because he also makes a mention over there in 1 Corinthians 6, 9, right? Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. So if you think that we will enter God's kingdom still in our fornication, still in our idolatry, still in our adultery, still in our homosexuality, still in our covetous, greedy, stealing ways, still being a drunkard, still being a swindler, con man, still being a a liar and a murderer and a slanderer. Do you really think that we have any chance to get into God's kingdom anyway? Well, it is by grace. It's not by works. Folks, you know what? Paul warns us right against the works of the flesh he says um right the deeds of the flesh like strife jealousy dispute uh uh envy um envy drunkenness etc etc because those who practice such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Listen, final judgment will accord with our deeds. I must go to Revelation 20. Because listen, it talks about these books. The books of your life, along with the Lamb's book of life, will be opened on judgment day. Look at what John John tells us what was revealed to him about the great white throne judgment. Listen to this verse 12 of Revelation 20. And I saw the dead, small and great stand before God and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And then if we come down to verse 13, at the end of verse 13, it says, And they were judged, judged every man according to their works. So you will be judged by your works. Listen, in closing, Christ Jesus himself was even stronger in in, in stressing that you cannot finally pass muster on judgment day if your life has not been changed in keeping with his commandments. All we got to do is go to Matthew 6, 14 and 15. Jesus said, if you forgive men their transgression, um, transgressions, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men, then your father will not forgive your transgressions. Amen. Or consider the parable of the wise and foolish builders in Matthew seven twenty four to 27. It says, Everyone who hears these words of mine and does and, and does them is like one 
whose house won't be washed away in the flood, but everyone who hears who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a person whose whose house collapses in the deluge. Amen. Folks, listen, this is a picture of judgment and the issue is have we done Jesus' words? Okay, so let's take one more example from our Lord because this one gives the clue to our problem of how we can be saved by grace through faith and yet final judgment still be according to works. In Matthew 12, 34 to 37, Jesus says to the Pharisees, You brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak what is good? For for from the fullness of the heart the mouth speaks. The good man, out of his good treasure, brings forth what is good and the evil man out of his evil treasure brings forth what is evil. And I say to you that for every careless word that men speak, they, talking about those words, right? They shall render an account in the day of judgment. For by your words you shall be justified, and by your words you shall be condemned. Amen. Folks, listen, here is the crucial clue. On Judgment Day, we will be judged according to our deeds. Now, we just read over here in Revelation 20, right, how the books of our lives will be opened and we will be judged by everything that has been recorded in the books. Okay. On judgment day, we will be judged according to our deeds, including the acts of our tongue, because these are the infallible sign of what fills the heart. Listen, scripture says, from the fullness of the heart, the mouth speaks. Jesus has told us how we can judge a tree by its fruit and how you can judge a heart by its deeds. Because the, the issue is not really, are we saved by faith in Christ or are we saved by good deeds? The issue is this, folks, on the day of judgment, God will manifest that his judgment is just. So he will certify to the world that we have saving faith by calling our deeds to attest to its reality. Because again, folks, who was it? John the Baptist. He says that we must bear fruit in keeping with repentance. James even said, show me how it goes. Like, like show me your works. And then no, matter of fact, I'm not even going to take it out of context. Let's let's come over here because this, again, was the whole issue surrounding uh, faith and works, right? Hold on. 
I'm going to get it for you. Hold on. James 2.18. He says, but someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. So, how do you know that you have sincerely repented? How, how do you prove your faith in Jesus Christ, who has told us to go, comma, and sin no more? By the fruits you bear of repentance, a change in behavior in your lifestyle will be evident of your faith. What you do, so no, we, listen, we are not saved by works that we know, but your works demonstrate where you are in the faith. It makes complete sense. It is faith and works because by faith, you will what? Stop sinning. You would put down the weed, the alcohol. You will stop watching the porn. You will love God with your whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. And you will love your neighbor as yourself. Righteous works comes about because of your repentive life. Works supposed to show up. So, getting back to what I was saying, right, the issue on Judgment Day is that God will put on full display as evidence, evidence of how you lived your life by what did you do, okay, it's called works, it's called deeds, listen, Jeremiah 17 Verse 10, Jesus was saying how I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. So based on that is, is what you will be judged on. Okay, good or bad. Are you going to receive rewards as a, a faithful follower of Jesus and what you did with this life of yours, good works unto the Lord without any selfish hidden agendas and motives. How did you speak? What, what, what attitudes of gratefulness did you display? All of those um, doings, deeds will testify as a witness on judgment day for you. So in the courtroom of the kingdom of God, all the world will be assembled, right? Because John told us over here in Revelation 20, where he says in verse 11 and you no, know, um, verse 12, and I saw the dead small and great stand before God. And then he went on, went on to say how the books were opened. So, all will be guilty of a capital offense. Yet some will be acquitted and others condemned. All of this is taking place on Judgment Day. Okay. 
on judgment day when Jesus sits on his throne, will you stand before him as an unrepented, Christ-rejecting sinners, a sinner who have died in their sins, ready to be judged and sentenced off to that lake of fire, or when we stand before his throne as a as a faithful follower of his, that is the Bema seat. That is where we get rewards, but everything we still do will be tried by fire as well. Okay? So it is by grace we are saved. Through faith, not of ourselves. It is the gift of God. Okay? But the heart that is full of faith will overflow in, in attitudes and, and in actions. Which are very different from those which flow from unbelief. Therefore, beloved, our deeds will testify truly to the to the genuineness or absence of faith. And it is not inconsistent for our God to, to judge us according to our works. The works will be what will testify against you, whether guilty and condemned or welcome into the kingdom. Okay? So... We must understand, right, in super-duper closing, we must understand that this judgment according to works does not mean we earn our salvation, and that is the difference. So calm down. No, you, you are preaching um, a work-based religion. No, I am not. I'm telling you two things, that your deeds, my deeds, will serve as the witness in the courtroom of God on Judgment Day to prove your, your faith, whether you are an unbeliever or you are a believer, is, is, is exhibit A, B, C, D, all the way to Z. We know that our salvation doesn't come from by those works. We know it is by grace. However, how you live your life in all of your in, in all of your ways, in all of your doings, that will be judged. This ain't got nothing to do with us. Receiving salvation by grace. I, I, I pray, I really pray that I'm, I'm, I'm making myself clear here. This is not a contradiction. Listen, our deeds are not the merit of our righteousness. They are the mark of our new life in Christ. Our deeds are not sufficient to deserve God's favor, but they do demonstrate our faith. Please keep that distinction clear in your mind regarding our attitudes and actions. They do not earn, they exhibit. 
They do not merit. They mark. They do not deserve. They demonstrate. And therefore, God will render to every man according to his deeds. Amen. Including believers. Okay. So, what are the alternatives in judgment? Well, real quick, because this is the, the, the third and final question. And very briefly, so what are the alternatives in judgment? Well, Paul tells us in verses 7 and 8. To those, right, in Romans chapter 2, right? To those who by perseverance and doing good seek glory, honor, and immortality. And immortality, I told you folks, it's been a long day. I've been talking all day, okay? God will give eternal life, right? Those who persevere in doing what is good, seeking glory and honor and immortality, God will give eternal life. But to those who are selfishly ambitious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, God will give wrath and fury. Eternal life or God's wrath, folks. That's it. These are the only two alternative you have either repent or perish that's it that's that's absolutely it now listen let me give you something lastly but I, i'm trying to cram this in listen christ jesus concludes the parable of the great final judgment in in matthew 25 46 with these words these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Amen. Listen. Over there in Mark 9, 48, right? Because, listen, hell is the most appalling reality we can ever imagine. It is not a game. There will be no party. None of that. No horror of suffering in all of history can be compared to what John calls the lake of fire and where Christ Jesus said their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. He said that in Mark 9, 48. So to, to go through life distrusting and disobeying the infinite God is an infinite sin and will be punished with eternal torment. That's it, folks. If you... If you, if you do not receive Christ Jesus, if you don't repent and believe in him, you will go straight to hell when he calls you out of that bodysuit as you await final judgment. So I am going to conclude with a quick summary. Number one, all people without exception will pass through the final judgment of God. Everybody. Sinners and saints. Number two, the judgment will be according to their attitudes and actions, which are a sure sign of the genuineness 
or absence of faith in Christ. Okay, number three. The fork in the road leads either to eternal life or to the wrath and fury of God. Amen. So if you haven't yet chose life, do it. Why would you perish? Trust in Christ Jesus and do his will. And for those who love him already, delight yourselves in the most glorious hope you can receive that you can even conceive. And let everything you do flow from faith. Glory be to God. Father, thank you for this awesome day today. It has been wonderful. Thank you that we can teach and preach and appreciate the full counsel of the Lord. May we fear you. May we be filled with reverence, filled with awe of of your tender mercies of your loving kindness, of your long suffering. And let us also understand it is a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of an angry God. You have said you will judge the wicked. And judgment begins with your people. For it is written in 1 Peter 4, 17. For it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? Have mercy on us all. Father, have mercy. Thank you for for tarrying. Thank you that Lord Jesus has not returned. Many, many people have not repented of their sins. Many people have not put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You told us well, Father, that every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess Jesus is Lord. Amen. Thank you for your mercy, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. To the glory of God, be ready. Be ready, people. Christ Jesus is in fact on his way back and he has told me to tell the people that when he returns he will have his reward with him and he will give to every person according to their deeds your works everything you have done good or bad you will be compensated for for it let it be good works good fruits That the Lord uses as evidence, as testimony to the genuineness of your faith. Mm -hmm. Your works will do all the talking for you, good or bad. Because it is by grace 
we have been saved, mm-hmm. then where is the proof? Where Where is the proof of God's saving grace in your life? Where's the proof? Show me some works. Because I hear you talking. I don't see any fruits. You say, show me your faith. I say, show me your works. Come on now. Come on. Pull it together. Lord willing, until next time, I shall be speaking to you all soon. Bye for now. Thank you guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.